Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Happy weekend, gang. How's it going? Uh, I, I hate to say it. I, I, I blew it again. <laughs> I'm a little late on this episode this week, um, but it has been a crazy week. I will tell you that. I, I, I had my first two days back in school, and I am just getting into the, 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 the rhythm again of getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning, so things have been a little nuts. I promise you things will level off, uh, but better late than never, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. I hope you guys are having a great weekend. It's been, it's been beautiful out here in Cleveland. Uh, it's, even the temperatures come down today. It's not quite as hot, so things are great. It's been lovely. I just spent a day yesterday with a, with a friend of mine who came out down from Michigan, and we hit a bunch of stuff in Cleveland, so it was, it was a nice day out roaming around, just showing him some sights. Uh, you know, uh, you couldn't ask for more than that. In fact, we stopped. We stopped at Westinghouse here in Cleveland yesterday, and as always, weird things went down. Um, when we arrived, it was it was evening time, and we stopped in. Uh, he wanted to take some shots there with his film camera. He shoots film. Uh, he doesn't do digital. He shoots film. And we stopped in, and uh, there were two cars there already when we arrived. One of them was from New York, and we discovered they were skate they were skateboarders. Uh, and, and over the last year or so, someone's built a skate park inside Westinghouse with all kinds of ramps and stuff. So they were there doing that. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to them, unfortunately. They were only there for a few more minutes once we got there, and they left. But the other thing, uh, we went into the building for him to, to, to shoot his, his shots, and... Um, <laughs> to our surprise, uh, we went up to the second floor, and uh, as we're, we're shooting out uh, over the, 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 the second floor complex, uh, we hear this, hey! And uh, if we look to, towards the noise, there's this homeless dude, like, all in camp. He's got his, his guy's encampment all set up, and I just kind of, you know, I, I kind of nod him, say, hey, what's up? And all I hear is, and that was when we decided to go back downstairs. Um... So as we're sitting there shooting again, uh, this 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 you know, we, we notice there's there's flash bulbs going off off in the distance. So we know we know there's another photographer there at, at Westinghouse, and uh, they he comes in with this model who's literally wearing almost nothing. All right, they're doing they're doing you know model shots in the, in the bando, and uh, this guy this guy's German. He's like, yeah, is it okay if we come down and, and do some shots? I'm like, yeah, fine, man. I mean, that's cool. Uh, d- just be careful. She's wearing next to nothing. You know, like like we didn't couldn't tell. So they were there. It was just it was just a weird it was a weird evening at Westinghouse. Anyway, it was a great weekend. I hope you guys are having a good one too. Uh, I'm glad to be here and getting some stories off for you guys. Um, I, I I my new computer is finally up and running. I told you guys a couple episodes ago that uh, I had a new computer ready to go and it's here and uh, it's giving me nothing but headaches right now as I figure everything out. Uh, I have all new versions of all the software that I use to do to do my editing and do my, you know, even this. Um, I've had to figure it all out. So it's a work in progress. Um, I'm having problems with Lightroom and some of my, my, my Topaz AI programs not giving me the, the crisp stuff that I usually get, and I don't know how to fix that. So I'm, I'm pulling my hair out with that. But hopefully things will, will shake out over the next week, you know. New computer, new problems, require new solutions. Uh, but anyway, today's stories, uh, you know, I, I, as you guys know, I've been, to, I've been to some prisons. We've done some stories on prisons, and I kind of want to continue in that vein today. But the, the stories you're going to get today, we have two stories today that focus on prisons for non-adults. All right, you know, the juvenile detention facilities that, that are usually in every single county or every city, you know, where the kids that kind of fall to the wayside, tend to go. Uh, I got two stories to tell you guys. A story of two juvies today. 
And one of them is in Detroit, and one of them is right here in Cleveland. So uh, settle yourselves in, get ready. I'm going to tell you guys a story about two juvenile detention facilities that I've had the, 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 the luxury of being able to go into and document. Uh, both of them are unique in their own ways, and both of them are just kind of, you know, places that uh, really stick out there in my brain as being some of my favorites. So I'm going to start with Detroit, uh, with a place called the Wayne County Juvenile Detention Facility, uh, which is no longer there. Uh, it is gone now. But uh, my, my beginnings with this place began in 2019. It was, a, it was a very cold February day, right? It was snowing out, just lightly snowing. It was one of those days that requires multiple layers and gloves, you know, where you're wrapping stuff around your face and, you know, uh, trying to stay warm. Uh, just a little bit of snow, but this frigid wind was coming off the Detroit River, and it was just one of those mornings. So we, 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 we showed up to this place at first light. All right, it's first light, and... Uh, we parked at, an, at a church that was nearby to, to this facility. If anybody's from Detroit, you know, I believe it's, it's on Warren, uh, Warren Avenue. There's a church there, and we parked behind it, and, and this would later on become abandoned itself, this church. But uh, the facility was next to a, an active section of the detention center. There was actually still a, a part of it that was still active, uh, complete with two or three Sadies parked outside, so we were very nervous about that. But the, the building itself was connected by Skyway. That Skyway, you know, ha, has been bricked off. So you can't, you can't walk between the two buildings. Now, this building was huge. We're talking five floors up, um, you know, this concrete bunker of a facility. And you can tell it had been built, you know, in the early, in the early, you know, earlier part of the 20th century. We could not find any history on this place. I've looked and looked and looked, and I've not been able to find anything on the Wayne County Juvenile Detention Center. Um, the only thing I've ever been able to find is demolition uh, information on, on the, the prison that they tried to build in Detroit that never got finished, and that they just tore down. So if you're uh, a Detroiter and you have any knowledge of the Wayne County Juvenile Detention, you know, the history of it, I would love to hear from you. Let me know. Drop me a line. I'd love to talk to you about that. But I, So I don't have a lot of history on the place. I know it was built sometime in the 20th century, probably in the earlier half. But uh, anyway, it's this huge building, and um, you know we were very much wanting to get there early in the morning to avoid being seen because of the stadies that were next to it. So we we you know we 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 walk towards the building. We're slinking along the outside walls of this huge detention center, and our our target is this stairwell that heads down into the basement, right towards this metal door. This is this busted up metal door. It was probably a maintenance door at one point. The lock had been smashed to pieces, and it was all bent off the frame. So we, we open the door, and we walk into this cold tomb of a basement. And that's the only way I can describe it. It was a tomb. And we're walking along this dark corridor with our flashlights. You know, there's this pipes hanging down in the ceiling. There's, there's a thick layer of dust on everything. Uh, you know, and we, we could see that there were a few sets of footprints in the dust uh, that showed us that someone must have been there before us. We were hoping that they weren't still there. And luckily, we didn't see anybody else in the building. But somebody had been there, maybe scrappers. Who knows? Uh, and as we're walking down this corridor in the dark, we come upon the boiler room, which was kind of even lower in, into a sub-basement. And to get there, you take this ramp, and it would lead down into the, the boiler room. Well, here's the crazy thing about that. You, know, you have these giant rusty metal boilers, and the ramp going down kind of ends in water. And we go down to the water to check it out, and the place is probably probably up to about three feet of, 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 of this cold, dark water and it has been frozen solid it's that cold it's that time of winter where it's 20 degrees out all the time and it's frozen solid 
So we're, we actually, you know, maybe not thinking smart, we walk out onto the ice and we're like skating around on the ice. And, and it's weird because you can see all the rusty old equipment and things underneath your feet as you're skating around on this ice. You can see what, what's, in the, what's in the room frozen in the water below you. So kind of surreal. Kind of weird to see all these this old equipment and rusty things below you, all illuminated by your flashlight. So it's like a you know a, a ice age kind of situation here. Anyway, after we were amused with that, we 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 find our stairwell that leads up from the maintenance area into the rest of the building. And as we usually do, we headed straight up to the top, five floors up, and that led us to our first detention area. Uh, the whole building, like I said, it was a tower, about five five stories, and it had wings going off of both sides, like in, in, in both directions, like wings, like a central core and two wings off, off the center. Uh, the center core was where you would find all the medical areas, so there's you know, doctor's rooms and you know, examination rooms. Um, then you had you know, cafeteria areas where they prepare the food and, and people would you know, you'd get a little, a little area where you'd get your food. Uh, there were guard booths where the guards would, would watch with the bulletproof glass and all of that. Um, you know, it, it kept uh, elevator shafts, stairwells, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was all identical floor to floor. And radiating out from the core, you, like I said, you had these two, these two um, wings, and on each side of the core you had common rooms, which were basically where the inmates got to hang out, you know, chill out if they were behaving themselves. There, was a, uh, there were ping pong tables and all of them. And most of them were, were, were dry rotting and falling apart. <laughs> they, some of them still even had the paddles on them um, in, in these common rooms because the elements have been coming in now for years. So they're all warped and, and messed up. Um, in these common rooms also, the, the asbestos floor tiling were starting to peel and crinkle up due to the, the seasons of freeze and thaw. So the glue holding them down was pretty much gone and, and the tiles were just kind of curling up like crispy. Have you ever been in a building like that where the, the tiles are all like, like kind of, they're not even attached to the floor anymore? You just walk over it and it's just this crispy texture. That's what we're going with here. All right. Um, the smell of mildew and silence was thick in these common rooms. That's all I can able to explain. It was just this, 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 this silence, this thick silence. Uh, you couldn't really hear what was going on outside. The windows were still intact. They're all very thick windows. So everything was very um, quiet. Very, very, you know, you could hear a, a pin drop in these, these, these areas. Um, now, off to the sides of these, you know, heading further out, you know, from the center, from these common rooms, you have the cell blocks. And these cell blocks were very different than anything I'd ever seen before. Uh, I've been in a couple prisons. I've seen some different things. But these were very different. Um, they kind of started off wide. And as you went further into the cell block, they kind of would, would shrink down next to nothing. Like, almost like they're, they're you're, you're, like a triangular room. And it makes the whole cell block look much longer than it is because it starts wide and it works its way down to a point. And on each side you have cell blocks. You know, you have you have your cells on each side of 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 the, of the hallway as it, as it shrinks down. I don't know how else to explain it. It shrinks down to a small dead end. Uh, and so, you know, the cells were what you'd expect. Enough room for one person. You had a sink and a toilet, and most of them still had their rusty bed frames in them. And as we looked in the cells, you could see scratched graffiti and messages on the walls, on the wooden door frames, and also in the paint of the steel doors. So the, the, the juvenile prisoners that had been in these cells, you know, would have scratched all kinds of, there were, there were gang names and all kinds of stuff scratched in messages and, you know, I love this person and that kind of stuff. Little, little, little sketches. So, you know, I guess when you're, when you're, when you're incarcerated, you find something to do with your time. Uh, and these guys chose to, you know, scrape on things, so... 
All these juvenile prisoners had to see the outside world was a small little window that looked out of the cell door, you know, bulletproof glass window. And on the opposite side, to the outside, you had a very small window with bars in it to the outside. And it was higher up. It was very small. So you have a little bit of light coming into your room, and that's about it. There's no, there's no luxuries here whatsoever. This was all business, stark and to the point, no room for debate. These people were not here for a pleasurable stay. All right, they're there because, you know, bad things had happened. Um, so these cell blocks were very unique. I don't know how else to explain it, but visualize in your head, you know, a hallway starting off as wide as the common area and slowly shrinking down to a point with doors on each side as you come to the dead end. Um, that's the best I can explain it. So visualize that. All right. Now, moving down through the floors towards the ground, you know, the, 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 the most of the floors were the exact same thing as we went down. Heading down towards the second floor, uh, that's when things started getting different. Um, the second floor had two skyways that kind of went over uh, you know, the area where, you, where, where the police cars would have pulled in, you know, like a, like a throughway uh, for the street down below. There was a skyway that went over to what was the education building, where the classrooms would have been. Right? If you're in juvie, you still have to go to school, and they had classrooms set up for that. Uh, continuing education, all right? Uh, the decay in this section was very advanced. I don't know if it was because it was just, you know, more, more openings had been made by scrappers. I don't know. Uh, even the skyways had lost all of their ceiling tile. I don't know if the, the scrappers had gone in and pulled out all the lighting. But the, the skyway tunnels looked like dark caves. Like all the insulation was on the ground and, and just, just, just crap everywhere. You know, um, dark caves, basically, with doors at the ends. Uh, the common area of the educational area, there was tons of old junk that went back to the time when this was a functional building. In this common area, you had old books laying around, you know, basically rotting books. Uh, there was a very old, old record turntable sitting on the ground, you know, with the needle missing and just this old plastic 1970s looking turntable. There was an old Atari joystick from way back in the day. You know, like an Atari 2600 joystick. And it was, all of this stuff was like frozen, froze, frozen, frozen into the floor because it was that cold. So it was, it was already wet there. So everything was on the ground and, and in about an inch of water. And it was all frozen solid to the floor because of the cold. There were old hymnals stacked up from what I can only assume was the chapel. Um, the paper was all browning and disintegrating. There were a few Bibles in the mix, you know, uh, it was, it was just a collection of weird items that would have been used in day-to-day -day stuff. You know, there were forks and spoons and different things. All the, I mean, it was all mixed together. There was no rhyme or reason to any of this. It was just stuff everywhere. You know, just, just in this rotting common area. So, uh, downstairs, as we continued going down, there was a stairwell that went down into the educational building. And um, when we hit this, this bottom floor, the ground floor... Water that had been running through the floors from all the way above, and the pipes had burst, and they had turned every surface in this this lower lobby area rust orange. Like everything was 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 rusty and and crusty and just bizarre. Uh, the mold here was insane, and I'm glad we wore masks that day because it was very 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 moldy. All right, like the moldiest I've ever seen. Rust and mold are not a good combo. Oddly, standing in the middle of the floor of, of this of this this lobby area um, was this old school exercise bike from like the 1950s, like one of the one of the original models of an exercise bike, completely sheathed in rust, 
just sitting there in the middle of the floor. Like it had been glued there. And it probably had been there since the closing. I don't think anybody had ever moved it because it was completely, like the rust had completely coated, you know, the rust pouring down with the water from the ceiling had completely coated this in rust. It was really, it was, it was, it was surreal. That's the only word I can use is surreal. Uh, going further into the building, you know, into the education building, as our feet were crinkling on the rust and crusted, peeling and desiccated asbestos floor tiles, we went down a dim hallway and into what used to be the gym of the facility. And this is where we found a mountain of old tables and desks and beds and all of the accoutrements. I don't know how you say that in French, accoutrement. All right, that once filled the rest of this detention center. There was junk. There were mountains of junk everywhere. Anything that would have been used as furniture had been piled up inside this gym. The wooden floors, of course, were rotting and all wavy, and everything just stunk of mildew. It was covered in a fuzz of mold and thick dust. And it just, it, there's a certain smell that you guys, you guys know the smell. You know that smell of, of an abandoned, like thick abandonment, and it was... This was probably the one place in the, in the building where it was the, the, the worst. All right. Um, you can still see the basketball hoops. but you, I mean, you really couldn't move around in this gym because there was just so much sh- shit everywhere. So all told, we wandered this, this, this building. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff that we missed on that first day. In fact, I know there's stuff we missed on the first day we were there. But we were there for about four hours making our way through this maze. You know, it's like this labyrinth, you know, this five-story labyrinth of passageways and cell blocks and educational areas and kitchens and just, you know, stairwells choked with stuff like there was just all kinds of junk in the stairwells it made it very hard to get around you'd have to you'd go up one stairwell one floor and then it would be blocked so you'd have to go across the other side of the building and get to the next stairwell and it, you, you, it was like a big game of, of donkey kong going up in different ladders and different levels it was crazy but after about four hours we we eventually found our way back to the basement and and that, that led back out to the 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 outside into the freezing air of a wintry detroit uh, it kind of it was kind of nice to get back outside after all that mildew. We were there for a while, and it just uh, th- that cold air just just smelled like wine. It tasted like wine because when you've been in a building full of mold for a while, it just ugh, the, the taste in your mouth. It's just this horrible, gross taste. So it was nice to get back outside. Um, I did not have a real camera at the time. I was still shooting with this this piece of shit Panasonic that I always talk about. This little point and click that I could put in my my pocket. And uh, I'd always wanted to go back. Once we left, I always was like, I'm going to go back. Once I get a real camera, I'm going to go back to this place and, and do it up. Problem is, shortly after we had explored it, uh, the county must have figured out that people were going in there, and they completely sealed it up. Like, a couple weeks later, that was it. No more, no more exploration of, of the juvenile detention center for Wayne County. So for several years, we kept, you know, we would come by, we'd drive around, we'd kind of look around to see if there was any way in, if someone had opened it up. Um, you know, if we were on our way to a different location, we'd roll past and just kind of peek around. Uh, and nothing had really changed. Nothing would really, you know, n- no entrances. I don't know if they were watching it or if they had security. Uh, no one had created a new entrance. You know, we, we were there in 2019. So, you know, over the years, you know, every year we would check back to see. Uh, it was always on the back burner, always someplace we hoped we'd get hit again. And finally, in the spring of 2022, we got the chance. Because we decided we were going to make a chance happen. All right, so in 2022, this was, you know, springtime. Uh, things had already bloomed and things were, were, were uh, you know, things were starting to green. And uh, we got some help from uh, who I like to call the mystical entrance fairy. 
uh, who you can call upon, right? You can do a late night ritual and call upon on a dark night to, to help get you inside the building. So the, the mystical entrance fairy snipped a hole in the fence the night before uh, we did this little adventure. Um, there had been a fence that had been erected around the building. And uh, the magical entrance fairy ripped a hole in the, uh, the, the fence and then also ripped a bunch of boards off of one of the entrances uh, while his mystical sidekick, uh, accomplice, waited by the street to look out for cars. So thank you to the mystical entrance fairy, we were able to get into this building the next morning. So when we, when we arrived the next morning, thanks to their help, uh, everything was ready to go. We just slipped into the hole and, and right into the building to re-experience the juvie in all of its moldy and crusty glory. So thank you to the mystical entrance fairy. He's quite a guy. Anyway, uh, this time around, uh, the, the warmer weather, you know, it was springtime, it was already in like the 70s, probably, uh, you know, upper 60s, low 70s, things were, <laughs> the conditions were different. The mold was moldier and the crust was crustier, uh, but the detailed shots out, outshone the possibilities of a few years before. We're talking a few more years of, of natural decay. The, the peeling paint was better. Uh, there, was tons of, there was tons more of that. The grime was grimier. Uh, there was just so much more decay you know, and, and all of it was highlighted by the golden hour. We were there in the morning, and the sun was just pouring through the windows, and it just made everything glow. So the rust was just this beautiful orange color. Everything was yellow and orange that morning. So we spent a couple hours again in this huge place. Um, I was there with Wasteland Explorer, and he had never been there before, so we, we, we were both just loving it up. Uh, we were there in this massive concrete bunker, right, taking our time, soaking it up, no hurries, and... Uh, you know, this time around, it was not as cold. So we could take our time and, and not have to worry about gloves and not have to worry about taking, you know, uh, warming ourselves up or any of that stuff. Um, you know, this time around, we, we actually got to go and explore the, the yard, the massive courtyard where, you know, inmates would have had their, their free time. Right? It was past that junk gym that I told you about. You'd go outside and there was this huge concrete area all surrounded by this massive stone wall that was topped with concertina wire, like sharp-ass concertina wire, so that if anybody tried to climb, they were in for a surprise. They'd get hands ripped apart. So a huge basketball court area where, where the inmates could have spent, you know, like an hour, you know, for good behavior. They'd spend an hour out there and just, you know. And it was, it was a huge jungle. It was a jungle because we're talking 20 years of abandonment, and the trees had grown up through the cracks, and there were there was grass everywhere, this tall grass, and uh, you know birds were. It was it was very it was kind of uh, idyllic almost. It was this this beautiful court. It, 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 you couldn't even tell really it had been a prison yard. It was full of trees. Um, you know, vines were climbing up the you know these basketball hoops that were all like kind of bent and like they weren't standing straight up anymore. Like someone had hung on them and pulled them down. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. They were like at a almost like at a seventy degree angle, and you know, these vines climbing all over the basketball hoops. There were glass. Uh, the glass from the backboards was was shattered. There was glass everywhere. Um, it it look and, and, and as you look around, the, the 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 illusion is broken by these walls. They look like like castle ramparts almost. That's what it looked like. These walls were like that that kind of stone, right? It looked like castle walls. Um, you know, and again, that concertina wire. I mean, that 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 tells you how serious the business was. It was just coiled. You know, that those coils that go around. You know, with the sharp barbs on them. But I got some really good shots of this place, and I was really damn excited when I got around to editing them a week later. Uh, the golden hour shots and the cell blocks and just everything turned out so much better than the first time around. And it was, I, I was so happy to get back into this place. I never thought that I would again. Um, and we managed to do it. So 
you know, it's just a lesson for everybody. You know, never, never give up hope. Sometimes when you least expect it, you will find a way to get back into where you want to go. So just keep it, you know, just keep it on the back burner and keep your eyes peeled for that, that chance. Um, now, last fall, I was in Detroit. Um, I had uh, I had gone up for a, a day, and a friend of mine uh, wanted to go in. She had never been in there. She wanted to go hit it. And she's like, hey, could, could we go over there? So I'm like, yeah, we can go over and take a look. So we drive my car over. Uh, we, we drive around. We, we do the, the, the loop around, and we notice that there is a newer and higher fence all around, completely around the entire property. Right, it's those fences that have like the sandbags on them to hold them down, so you know they're, they're you, you like, as an explorer, you know what those fences mean, but you don't ever want to admit it. You you know that those are demolition fences. So we drive around the building and we see these massive dumpsters outside, like in the area where the entrance usually was. These huge dumpsters and there's power cords with. Uh, um, you know, power cords leading into the into the area where the opening had been. There's all these power cords everywhere, and you know, I, I knew right away. I'm like, this is not good. This is not a good thing. And uh, as we pull around again, we see a work crew gutting the education center area. There's a huge hole that they've chopped into the wall, and they're pulling out giant chunks of metal and old desks, and they're just tossing them into these these dumpsters. So we decide to pull over and ask one of the workers, "What the hell's going on?" And our suspicions were confirmed. The building was being scrapped of all the asbestos. They were preparing it for demolition, just like so many other places in the Motor City this past year. And uh, that winter, the whole complex came down, clear to the ground. Uh, they tore everything down. It's completely gone now, everything. Uh, and as far as I know, they're building, I want to say, more housing, you know, more apartments. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so at the telling of this tale, the entire facility is just one big memory. We got, we got shots of it and our memories, and that's it, as, as it happens with most things. So, you know, if you ever got a chance to hit the, the Wayne County Juvenile Detention Center, you know that this place was a gem, um, and it is no more. It is, it is part of history now, and I'm glad I got to document it for that. Now, going back to my hometown, to my end of the world, back in Cleveland, we got another juvenile detention center to talk about. Um... And this one we have some history on. So uh, if you've ever been in Cleveland, as you're driving down Interstate 90 into downtown, you see this massive, glorious, you know, probably built in the 1920s-ish kind of building just perched up on top of, of above the freeway. This huge building, you know, there's a bridge, and then you see this massive pile of a building as you're rolling through downtown. Um, this is the Cuyahoga County Juvenile Detention Center. Uh, and... This facility does have an available history online. So I was able to find some history on it for you guys. Uh, this place maintained Cleveland's wayward youth for many, many, many a decade. So a little, a little history on this place, all right, before I, I dive into our adventures there. Uh, it was designed by a fellow named Frank W. Bale. Uh, his company, his architectural company, designed it, and it was opened in 1931, December of 1931. So it goes back to Depression-era and, you know, even though it was Depression era, they must have had everything in place because the place before the crash made because the place was the place was built architecturally amazing. It wasn't nothing spared this place, architectural flourishes and all kinds of cool stuff. So it maybe it had been mostly completed by the time the crash happened. I don't know. But uh, the center of this building was considered a national uh, and international model for court services. You know, at the time in 1931, it was a model uh, that other people would follow when they built theirs 
their other detention centers in other cities. So uh, there was a total of four buildings all connected. Um, we're talking 1,666, 750 square feet. All right, huge, 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 huge building. And they're all connected together with these uh, you know, just passageways. That uh, There's like a building on four sides. And in the middle is this huge courtyard where the inmates would hang out uh, on the off time. So this, 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 these buildings just surround the courtyard on all four sides. All right. So this place was, you know, this this was the juvenile detention center for, you know, for the 20th century, for the most of the 20th century. Most of the courtrooms that were in this building had been remodeled. In the 1980s, there was a big remodeling boom. Um, some of the courtrooms stayed the same. And you can, as we'll get into when we explored it, some of the courtrooms still looked like 1930s courtrooms. And then some of them looked like they were straight out of the 80s, all retro. All right. Um the 1930s courtrooms were very ornate. Some of them even had fireplaces in them. <laughs> courtrooms with fireplaces, something you'd never see today. Um, one of them even had stained glass windows in the office, which must have been the judge's chambers beside the courtroom. Um, that section of the courthouse, you had you had uh, just beautiful mosaic tiles and you know these beautiful solid wood paneling and just everything was was ornate in the sections that were still the 1930s that hadn't been hadn't been done up um this place i can't i cannot stress enough this building is very ornate um inside and out there's just so many little cool little things that if you look you'll find um there's sundials that are you know set up in the walls outside in the courtyard it's just this is very it's a beautiful building it's a beautiful building all right and um by the time 2007 rolled around though the place was too small uh, you know, Cleveland had uh, a problem with overcrowding. Uh, there was a problem. <laughs> it's a huge problem for detention centers when you have too many people inside the detention centers. Uh, they had 163 residents. That was way too much for what they had. And it was too difficult to house them and take care of them. So plans were written for new, a new center. And in 2010, Cleveland built a brand new center nearby off of Quincy Avenue. Uh, and it opened in 2011. So now you have this empty building that's surplus, and they don't need that space anymore. Um, and uh, just, just, just to give you an idea of some of the problems they were having with the old building, like inmates kept escaping. Um, the windows weren't, weren't sturdy enough, so they were, they were able to get themselves out. The, they chiseled away the, the window, the caulker on the windows, and get out. They escaped through the kitchens. Um, it was just a big mess. So by 2011, they were ready for modern facilities, and they moved all the, the kids, the troubled youths, the youths. All right, they moved them all over to the new building. So here's this building sitting here, this beautiful old building. They closed the doors. They had plans to sell it, and some people wanted to demolish it, but, uh, you know, Ohio deemed this building to be potentially historic, which, duh, it is. All right, so Cleveland designated it as a landmark, and it's eligible to be on the National Register for Historic Places. And it's still there today. I don't think anything's actually happened with it. Um, now, in modern day, we've heard some rumors that nobody wants to buy it and that demolition's probably going to happen. I don't know. Um, new opportunities have come along. Um, there, there are some people who are wanting to rebuild the I-90 trench, what they call the I-90 trench, where I-90 runs right past it down below the building. They want to build a, like, almost like a, a giant tunnel, and on top of the tunnel, on top of the freeway, would be a green space that would connect that part of Cleveland to the juvie side of, of Cleveland, and basically redo the whole neighborhood. And I, So who knows what will happen to it? I don't know. Um, we, it's, it's up in the air. 
We'll see. But rumor has it demolition is probably going to happen. Uh, we just drove past there yesterday, in fact. We were driving around, and the demo fences that have been up for two years now are still up with no way to get through. Everything seems locked up. Okay, so into the adventure here. All right, we actually showed up to this place. It was it was it was it was 2021 when we we hit this place. It was July 4th. Okay, it was a it was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget. It was Saturday morning. It was hot as hell already at 7 a.m. It was infernal. We're talking 90 degrees at 7 a.m. The humidity was stifling. It was just one of those July mornings that's just like, oh my god! Like you want to stay inside and not go outside. You want to stay in the AC and never leave. One of those mornings. So we showed up first thing in the morning. Um, you know, we approached our target. Now this building sits next to one of Cleveland's less safe projects like one of the one of the least safe areas in town uh, right next door is one of the projects one of the one of the, the low-income housing communities and this place is known for lots and lots of nefarious and you know bad things happen in this place so we got there super early when everybody be asleep you know it's the fourth of july when everybody's gonna be up late that the next night partying everybody's sleeping in so you know, to get into this place, there was an old service stairwell into the basement, just just like Detroit, this little stairwell that goes into the basement, but it was adjacent to the nearest project apartment parking lot. Uh, there was a hole in the fence to get in to the, to, the, to the juvie side, but you had to go through the project parking lot, and it was right next to the building, so anybody could have been watching us. We wanted to make sure that nobody was there to see us, so we went super early. Someone had done us a favor of busting open the metal lock and you know again we went right in like we owned the place we slunk right on in into this place and once inside this place was a labyrinth a vast maze of floors and hallways and passageways courtrooms cafeteria stairwells all all of that stuff uh, we spent again probably four or five hours in this beautiful but decaying ruined up old building um, right now i want to tell you the temperature in there if it was 90 outside, it felt like 120 inside. We, I, I went through so many Gatorades. I had two, three Gatorades in my bag, and we were just sweating our asses off because there's no ventilation. All the windows are shut. Uh, you couldn't open unless you're going to break open a window. These windows were, you know, pretty much bulletproof. You couldn't because they're, you know, it's a detention facility. So there's no way to get out. No way to open a window. Um, and it was hot. It was like a, an oven. It was like a, a greenhouse almost and humid and thick and just it was awful it was worth it to explore but man i'll never forget the heat in this place so we spent a couple hours just plumbing the depths of this of this amazing building uh in the far corner of the structure on the upper floors we, we hit the upper floors first uh facing the highway across the street that's where the courtrooms were at and uh each each courtroom consisted of several rows of seating uh it was kind of, they were kind of like upholstered in that in like that cloth like cushion seating, and and each one, each each upholstery was was some gaudy 1980s color, right? So imagine like these bright, you know, almost like like primary colors. You know, one of the courtrooms was was all upholstered in orange. One of them was in green. One of them was in blue. One of them was in yellow. And uh, you had the judges' bench up front. You had the defendants' benches down below. And then in a complete semicircle all the way around that, you had these chairs, you know, in their different colors wood paneling and all that all the way around and windows looking out behind you know behind the 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 audience okay so very gaudy very retro very 1980s 
the seats were all you know torn to shit. Uh, you, know, you could tell that people had been there. Lots of people had been there before us. Um, I had seen pictures of what these courtrooms looked like when the, when the place was first opened up for exploration, and they were amazing. They were beautiful. Everything was pristine, just dusty, uh, and uh, you know that's how things go. You guys know how it is. People get in, they 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 shit the place up. But I was glad to have, just to be able to see it. Um, now, you walk into these courtrooms, and uh, you see some of the nameplates still on the judges' benches. And these were judges that you knew about because you knew of people who had gone to juvie, either through high school or through people who knew. You know, you had Judge O'Malley and Judge Corrigan, and there were, there were judges that you knew the names of just because, you know, they were infamous uh, amongst the, the student population. They, 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 oh, yeah, they're going to see Judge Corrigan. They're toast. Like, they, people knew. You knew who these names were. You didn't know them personally, but you knew their names. All right? Um, this is who, uh, you know, the offenders would have to deal with. Uh, the rest of the floors featured classrooms. Uh, the, the, the upper floors had classrooms uh, for, for, you know, the students continuing classroom education. You had offices and, uh, I'm guessing, for caseworkers, that kind of thing. Uh, and then you finally had the cell, the cell blocks. These cell blocks were different than Detroit. These were, these were more just your basic... You know, square. You know, square areas, and there were four different four different areas on, on each floor that had these these cell blocks in them. So imagine a big a big blocky common area. You know, just a big square, and then on two sides you had the the cell blocks, the cell doors. Um, and it's funny how the, these spaces, which were probably not the happiest of places while they were occupied, were like the the, the coolest places to shoot. They were the most art. They were, they were, it was an artistic delight to see these cell blocks because all the doors were open, and the sunlight was coming through. So you had the sun, just the patterns of the sunlight coming out of every door into the dark common area, and it was just it was like it was the best thing ever for photography. It was amazing. All right, so yeah, so we spent some time in there, and and uh, one of the things I remember there were tables set up, and on top of the tables. Like actually, like like drawn under the tables or painted under the tables or whatever it was, they were chess. Like it was like a chess set. So you could play chess on top of the table with chess pieces. So that was kind of something I remember from from these cell blocks. Uh, the mildew was very very thick in the common areas. I, I don't know why. There, there, weirdly, there were wrestling mats stored in some of these common areas. I, I don't know why they would have done that, but that's where they were at. Um. And, and you have to remember, like, the reason for this, the elements, the, the windows, for some reason, in these cell blocks were, 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 the, were the ones that somehow were broken out. I don't know who broke them out, but the elements had been coming in, and that's why the mildew was so bad. So we probably should have been wearing masks, but that morning we just kind of said, eh, we didn't bring them with us. So, um, you know, I'm sure that's probably why my allergies were so horrible for the rest of the summer. I don't know, but what are you going to do? Anyway... Uh, we had to take extra care in the cell block areas. Anytime you're in a prison or a juvenile detention center, you got to be careful because these doors were made to lock once closed. And, uh, you know, in, in, in regular times when it's an operation, you know, you can unlock the doors. It takes, it takes an officer with a key or it takes, you know, it's, an, it's all electronically done from a different location. They hit a button and the cell door opens and that's it. But... Obviously, there's no electricity in these buildings, so if you lock a door, there's no way you're getting out. No way. It's, you're locked. You're stuck in there. You're going to have to call emergency services. They're going to have to cut you out. You're going to get in trouble big time, and it's just not worth the trouble. So you really have to be careful when you're in a place like this, because if a door closes behind you, you're not getting back out. 
So uh, the last thing you want to be is stuck on the wrong side of the door with the 90 degree heat in those cells, you know, climbing and rising, you know, bad things could have happened. Uh, dehydration would have been a real threat, not to mention the fact that you'd have to have, you know, cops and people coming on in there to cut you out. So we were very careful about that. Um, also on the upper levels, uh, there was a cafeteria hall, this giant cafeteria hall. Uh, it was full to the hilt with old junk. They stored all the old junk from the prison. It was never auctioned off or reused. Uh, the stuff they didn't take to the newer facilities, I'm sure they got all new stuff for the new facility. So all the old stuff was just piled up into the cafeteria. So, you know, bed frames and chairs and everything. Anything you could possibly think of was stacked up into this place. There was a one, like one little passageway through the middle you could walk through in what used to be a, a big open cafeteria. Uh, and if you, if you followed the path back to the back of the cafeteria, that's where you got to the kitchen. The kitchen was further back, and the kitchen, likewise, was just full of shit everywhere. Um, as you walked in, you had the, the sliders that you'd put your tray on, right, as, as the cafeteria ladies would, you know, spoon your gunk onto your plate for you uh, for that day, whatever, whatever the meatloaf of choice was that day, right, whatever the, you know, the prison food was. And uh, the windows, the, the little windows that you usually see on those, you can, you can look at the food. They have, like, the, the glass, like the sneeze guard. Those were all cracked and busted out. Um, there was this, this greasy yellow light coming through the windows into the kitchen because... Um, they were literally coated with, 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 with nastiness from, from the, the ovens over time. Um, but you couldn't get to the ovens. You couldn't see any of that stuff because it was just buried under more junk. It made it very hard to document anything in the kitchen just because of all the crap that was in there. Um, just everything, every, And everything was greasy. Everything had a greasy feel to it in that, in that room just because of, you know, it just was. It was the kitchen. All right. Um, we went further down into the underground in what we would have called a sub-basement. There was this grimy, dim, and dusty old gym. The gym was in the basement. Uh, that's where I'm assuming inmates during, during less favorable weather would have gotten exercise. Concrete floors. Um, you could still see the lines for the basketball court, you know, but it was mostly dust and debris and, and just, just you know pieces, parts of all kinds of stuff. Uh, we followed the, the hallways underground, and we finally came to a stairwell that led us up and back into the sunlight. And this, this, this got us into the vegetation-choked and sun-drenched courtyard. Okay, this huge courtyard in the middle of the facility. And uh, just like the one in Detroit, it had been overgrown. I mean, trees were growing up through the cracks. And th this one hadn't been as ab abandoned as long. So the trees hadn't gotten as big, but it was still it was getting there. Like the cracks, every crack had something growing through it. Um, there were some deflated basketballs, you know, uh, somebody had tossed a fire extinguisher into one of the, the basketball nets. It was like this, this, this hang in there. Uh, it was just surreal, just weird, you know, walking dead kind of situation. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming somebody had come there and tossed that in there. I, I'm sure it wasn't there from when the prison was closed. So this, this, this fire extinguisher was hanging from a, a hoop. Um, ivy was growing over everything, and it was very, just a very, you know, not to use the same word over and over again, but it was surreal. It was surreal. You had this beautiful blue summer sky, you know, the heat, the haze, and, uh, you know, uh, vegetation everywhere, all over everything. Um, and this is where you could see that sundial. Up on top of the, one of the buildings was this huge sundial with vines crawling all over it. 
So I don't know why they didn't have a clock, but I guess, I mean, that's just, you know, 1930s. They figured, ah, we'll be different. We'll do this. So after soaking up the hot sun for a while in, in the mildewless air, uh, you know, the, 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 the courtyard, you know, was just kind of a cool place to hang out for a little bit. We had some Gatorade. We cooled off. As weird as it sounds, it was actually cooler outside than it was in. So we spent some time outside. Um, one of the things I, I noticed about being in the courtyard was even though you were surrounded by downtown Cleveland, because of the walls and because of how thick everything was, you couldn't hear anything in the outside world. Like maybe faintly you could hear, you could hear the hum of, of the freeway out there, but it was very quiet. You couldn't hear like you normally would if you were downtown. It was, it was very quiet in this courtyard. So, um... We finally made our way out of the building. Uh, we were very content with our adventure. We'd spent most of the morning there, and we were fully expecting, you know, we were like, we're going to come back. We're going we're gonna to shoot all the places we missed. We're going to come back. And we were very excited to come back because this place had been open for a while now. Um, the doors, the, the, the door into the stairwell had been open for, for months, and people had been coming and going, and nobody seemed intent on closing the place down. So that leads me to the last part of this story. Later that night, this is the 4th of July, Right, fireworks were going off all over the neighborhood, as they do. You guys know how that goes, how fireworks, you know, 3 in the morning, there's people shooting fireworks off. I'm sitting at my computer, I'm editing photos, and on uh, instant message, or on, on Facebook, I receive a message from one of my friends who had explored with us that day. Right, frantic message, oh, dude, you're never going to believe what's going on right now. He sends me an attachment, a link. And it's a link to the local news. It's a live feed. It was that they were covering right that moment. And as I open up the, 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 the feed, what do I see but the juvie on fire? All right. One of those 80s courtrooms that we had just explored that morning was ablaze. And the footage on the live feed was one of the, that was right up against the building. The firefighters were spraying you know, water right into the window. There's flames coming out. Uh, you know, hundreds of gallons of water getting poured into the courtroom we had just explored that morning. And I could not believe our eyes. I, I cannot believe I'm seeing this. Holy shit, we were just there. Right? <laughs> I couldn't imagine like, how lucky we were. We saw that this morning, and now it's on fire, and it's going to be gone. I mean, it's going to be erased. And as it turns out, it was kids from the projects next door that had gone through into the basement we had that morning. They found their way up into the courtrooms, and they had set off fireworks inside the courtroom. And one thing led to another. Everything was very dry, and something sparked, and <sighs> instant inferno. So within days, the juvie was being solidly sealed up professionally. Not just boarded, but welded shut. Uh, they were doing this professionally. They wanted nobody in there. And uh, it has been that way ever since, ever since that, that day. And we Believe me, we have tried to get back in there. Now, occasionally I hear word that someone's climbed up a wall or gotten in through some crazy means. But for most people, especially people like me who are bigger, all right, it's been an unattainable return. Um, you may be able to worm your way in through different passageways and that kind of thing, but uh, only if you're scrawny. <laughs> uh, but uh, some people have, have gotten back in, but for the most part, it has been completely off limits. Um, and like I said, word has hit the streets that the place is going to be erased soon. They're going to tear it down. They couldn't sell it. The location of the place is just such that even though it has historical value, it's sitting on the edge of a very rough neighborhood, and it's, it's just nobody wants to buy it or, 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 and renovate it. It would make an amazing building. If you could do something with it, it's, it's still a nice building. But nobody wants to buy it. So, city probably figures it's worth more as an empty lot 
for new construction than it would be to try to sell it. So for now, it sits there on the edge of the city. You, know, you see it every time you drive past, and you wonder, you know, what's going to happen. And it just sits there, just 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 waiting for its final fate. Uh, and it's the saddest thing, because again, it's it's a it's an amazing looking building. It'd be a really cool place to to call home if you could you could renovate it. But I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so those are the stories of two juvies. All right, one in Detroit, one in Cleveland. Um, one gone and one probably going to be gone soon. We shall see. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's all I got for today, guys. I hope uh, I hope your weekend's been awesome. I hope your week ahead is 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 gonna shine. I, I don't know what the. Hopefully, we don't get rain like we got last week. Uh, if you're in one of those places that got crazy rain last week, I hope you you avoided the worst of things. I know I had a lot of people that uh, friends that got flooded basements and and there were people that had power out for five days. So hopefully, you're not in that in that situation. Um, it's supposed to be nicer. So enjoy your week ahead. Uh, I will talk to you guys in the next one. Have a great week. Keep on exploring. Keep the photos coming. And I will talk to you then. This is Mr. P signing out.